Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis, Tom Fertile, Rob Longo. Welcome, one and all. Thanks, Thanks to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. Maybe we would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapters 21 verses 25 through 28 and 34 through 36. But before we break up on the bread of life, uh, Tom, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help sure. us see what we're to see? In the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, we ask you to be with us as we reflect on your word today. And we ask you that all that we do and that we say today may begin in Christ and be brought to completion and perfection in him. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. amen. Tom Fertile, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? Absolutely. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And on earth, nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. And that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, as we read the first sentence, there will be signs. You know, there's signs all over the world from earthquakes to volcanic eruptions to fires. These signs are to wake us up. These signs are opportunities to, for us to wake up and to be a blessing to those who are in need, those who have suffered through the fires, through the floods, through the storms, through the ravages that have occurred. You know, a neighbor's house burns down. Be there. It's an opportunity to be Christ to them, to be that blessing, that vessel of love. So for me, when we see these signs, don't crouch down. Don't cower. Don't, don't go into a funk. Get out there and do something. Pray immediately for those families. You know, give your assistance in whatever way you can, you know, as we see these signs happening. The Lord doesn't say it's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen sometime. These signs are meant to wake us up so that we don't become what? Drowsy. And you see, the world wants to lull us into a, almost like a sleep, a drowsiness, that we're not alert to pray for another, that we're not alert to send help and aid to another financially or however we can do that. We're not alert to these opportunities to be Christ to them. So for me, those words that, that become drowsy, you know, Christ says, beware, beware. Your hearts don't become drowsy. 
You know, this carousing, the word carousing and drunkenness, we can carouse on football games. We can carouse on too much internet. We can carouse on too much television, too much this, too much that. Man, we've got to look at that and say, is what I'm doing bringing the life of the Lord into me? You know, we can certainly watch healthy shows that breathe life into our soul. Those are good for us. But to anything that is a, that takes life out of us, that causes us to become drowsy, that causes us to become drunk in the ways of the world, or have anxieties. Has anybody watched the news channels? You want to get anxieties? Just watch the news. You know what? Sometimes we need to have discipline to disconnect because if the news doesn't cause us to pray for the people we see in there, then then it's robbing our life and we need to disconnect. Yeah, that that wake up, David. I had a great talk. Um, a former colleague of mine, actually, Rob, you know, Mr. Jeff Brackenair did a talk to confirmation students one time and it was entitled, uh, Don't Hit the Snooze Button on the Holy Spirit. You know, and his reference point was, you know, we start our day and, I, I'm, you know, I'm not one of them. You know, my loving wife is one who has like six different alarms set, you know, but it's like, you know, you know 545, yeah. wow, okay, five familiar. more minutes, five minutes. You know, how many people start their day like that? Well, I need a few more minutes, I need a few more minutes. And his message, of course, to young people was, when it comes to your faith, don't hit the snooze button. You know, you, you can't, you know, well, I'll, I'll worry about my faith tomorrow. I'll deepen my prayer life tomorrow. I'll start that new spiritual practice tomorrow. Maybe I'll get to Mass more, you know, next week or, or after January 1st. Then I'll start, you know, like right, with right. our fitness. Why are you, if you want to exercise, why not start now? Why wait till January 1st? But in our spiritual life, the same thing, why do we hit that snooze button? I'll get around to it. I think that was the message here, which is we don't know the time. We don't know the place. So don't wait. Get off your butt, get off your butt now, spiritually, from a faith perspective, um, and and work on that relationship and go help your neighbor now, not tomorrow. Well, after I have this, after I have that, after I accomplish this, go do it now with what you have. That's the call. And do you think some of the resistance is we don't think that what we can provide is going to make a benefit? That, uh, oh, yeah. if I only had more to give, if, if I only had more talent to give mm -hmm. or more time to give, and... You know what you're both are sharing, Dave and Tom, is is uh, making me think of a song. Dave, you used two words, and it's actually the title of the song: "Do something, do something." And it's a it's a song where, you know, the, the singers talking to God and saying, whenever there's something bad that happens, everybody's kind of pointing their finger at God, saying, "Why don't you do something?" And, and God's response is, "I did. I created you. I did. I created you." So mm. when you see the need, instead of blaming God for the need that's there or the lack of whatever, or the destruction and whatever, instead of blaming God and waving our finger at God saying, why don't you do something? What is he asking us to do? He created us. So that's his something now. We need to live that out by attending to our neighbor, no matter how small we think it might be, right? God may need that little bit of our effort, that little bit of our time, that little bit of our money as like the tipping point where he can you know, shower grace upon the multitudes for generosity to kick in, so God created you. Let's uh, let's do something. Yeah, and and you know the one thing that I was thinking of, and David, you brought it up, is uh, one of the things we can do, and I think it's incumbent on us, and particularly, you know, in our faith, is that we pray for other people. And I think one of the, you know, people say, well, you know, prayer, you know, we, you need to get out and do something. Well, you know, I can't really do anything for the people in California who whose houses burned down, who lost their lives for I can pray for them. But I think one of the things I've been I've been discovering as I spend more time in front of the Blessed Sacrament is 
that my belief in my prayer isn't as strong as it could be, and that that's part of the reason why I don't think I pray for people as much as maybe I feel I should. I mean, there's this nagging thing like, geez, I really should pray for those people out in California, and I did, but there are other people, there's other situations, other things we can do, and, and I think one of the things that makes our prayer effective is a deep, deep faith that God will listen, that he will hear that those people will have a better situation because of my prayer. Because I prayed for them, their situation is better than it would have been if I hadn't prayed for them. And I think, you know, St. Faustina, particularly with the Divine Mercy Chaplet, you know, said there's an incredible power in that to pray, especially for people on their deathbed. Do we have the faith in that? Do we have the confidence that our prayer is actually is actually effective? It can be effective in people's lives. Well, you know, the Lord has me in a learning curve right now, Tom, that ties right into that, you know, Perhaps, think about this, if everybody you thought about in the course of your day wasn't an accident, what if that person, whether here, in purgatory, you know, sinner, not sinner in your mind, what if that little thought of them wasn't an accident, but a prompting of the Holy Spirit to pray for them? And all of a sudden, you start to pray for everyone that you get a thought of. I'm telling you, I started that, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm feeling life. I'm feeling joy. And some of the people I prayed for, I couldn't promise you in the past, I'd have never prayed for them. <laughs> but the Lord put it, and I'm like, well, no, wait a minute. Maybe thinking of these isn't an accident. Maybe these are cries for somebody to pray for this soul, whether they're still here whether they're in purgatory. So, boo, all of a sudden, I started, when I get that thought or that image, whatever it is, you know, and I always counsel men with this, you know, or anybody that ever battled with pornography. Every image you ever take in is there. And the enemy will use them to try and get you to watch the film again, to watch, to play those images again. But see, what God does is says, okay, that's what the enemy means for your demise, and let me use it for the good. So as soon as that image comes to your mind, that's not a sin. Now, what you choose to do with it... <laughs> That's the choice of sin, <laughs> eating of the fruit, or not sin. So for me, what I do is when an image comes to my mind is I stop, I drop, and I pray for each of the people in the image. I don't need to know their names. God knows who they are. And man, that just turns the enemy running and screaming because the last thing he wants you to do, yeah, he, he wants you to God. watch the film, not pray, yeah, for the, yeah. pray for the participants that are, in, that are stuck in the bondage of sin. And so it's powerful. So again, there's some, there's some things here. That, that are real powerful. So we're called to stand erect. That means get up. Get up and do something. Raise your head. That means look to God for the strength that we need. It says so that you can be strengthened. The strength we need so that we can be those active participants, Rob, like you shared, in the, in the, the betterment of this world, the change in people's lives. So for me, that's stand up because too many times we fold. We go home, we get dumbed down, we get the TV remote, and I do it. And and you know, the Lord challenged me and we click through channels. I need I need anesthetized. I need I just need to dumb down. I just need to arrest. No, stop. Ask God for the strength. Look up to heaven, raise your head, ask him for the strength. Go take a walk with the Father and watch what he'll do for you in the hour you would have spent clicking through the channels. And you know what? I actually stopped watching the news the last the last probably five, six days. I feel healthier because the news was getting so negative. It didn't matter what channel I turned on. I'm like, you know what? I'm not getting life from this. I'm done. I'm taking a break, and I'm going to just do things that give me life. And so it's been very, very, very healthy for me. 
A, f- a few things came to mind when you're sharing, David. One is uh, a piece of advice I heard. I think it was Matthew Kelly said, you know, we can't, we can't pray for more time, right? You know, we all have, if we're blessed with this day, we all have 24 hours. He said the prayer that he prays is for energy, more energy. Lord, please give me more energy so the, the time that we do have, we can use it to the fullest, right, for, for the benefit of, of others. But as you were talking about watching TV and clicking through and uh, the time and that there's no accident when people come into our minds, it reminds me of a story uh, that I just heard recently. Uh, a friend of mine was talking about a confessor the first time he went to this priest, and he's now his, his regular confessor. After the confession, the priest said, you forgot something. And my friend said, what, what do you mean I forgot something? He said, you forgot to confess that you waste time because wasting time is the root of all sin, right? So when we have a person that comes on our mind, that's not an accident. Uh -uh. So do I choose to, in that next moment, listen to that song or do I turn the radio off and pray, right? So it's all about time. Like how do we, that's the greatest, that's the equalizer. How do we, how do we steward the gift of time? And, you know, and when we're sinning in our thoughts, we're wasting time when we're sitting in our actions, we're wasting that time in our actions when, right? So I never heard of it like that. And I was, so I heard that one day, the next day I was talking to another friend who had a concussion. And one of the side effects of his concussion was that he would get these vivid daydreams. And he, and he looked it up that that's part of sometimes, uh, you know, a, a symptom of, of concussions. And these vivid daydreams would bring him back to when he was in school in New York. And it would take him back to like these, these meaningless times where he was in a cab or walking across Broadway. And I said, well, maybe God was bringing them to you to, you know, to maybe heal some wounds. Or he said, no, he's like, Rob, they were just, just meaningly insignificant times in my life. And I said, oh, maybe this is God connecting the dots for me. And I shared with him the story I just shared with you about the confession with my friend and wasting time. And I said, all those times that God keeps bringing you back to now make sense in light of this conversation about wasting time because maybe God is showing you and then showing me through you that all those cab rides that we have, all those walks that we're alone and we think that they're meaningless are opportunities for us to pray for others Mm -hmm. in the cab while we're walking. All this time that we have when we think we're getting to what we're supposed to do, are we utilizing that time or are we wasting it? That's hours. I mean, that's like if you quantify... And, and multiply all those hours over a lifetime of sitting in traffic or things that we think are just meaningless, getting to what we think is important, that's a lot of time. You know, Rob, the Lord taught me that a few years ago because I'm sure everybody listening, our listening audience enjoys going to the dentist, right? <laughs> no. But the Lord changed it for me because I went to the dentist and, the, and the, 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 the assistant always says, you want the TV on? And I said, no, no, I'm good. Now I'm going to get a new crown. So it's a couple hour procedure. But I take my finger rosary and I start to pray it. Eventually, she says, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I said, I'm offering prayers up for people that need it while you're doing the work you need to do with me. She said, well, that's really nice. And then I asked her, would, would you like me to pray for anything for you? So you see, I didn't waste my time being dumbed down by watching the television. I'm praying in the dentist chair. When I'm in line in the grocery store and for whatever reason, the person in front of me is taking just a little bit long counting out pennies. I have a choice. Take out the finger rosary and pray or complain. So I've found carrying a finger rosary, carrying a rosary is a powerful tool to help us not waste the gift of time and to use it. And and it's really important here because it says right here, 
and pray that you have the strength to escape tribulations. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord just convicted me of that again last night. When you're getting tempted, when you're in a trial or temp or whatever, you know, to be to go the ways of the world or the ways of God, you got to drop to your knees and pray for the strength because you do not have the strength to overcome them by yourself. You don't. You may get over it once. You may get over it twice. But if you're not relying for God, because it says scripturally, when it's when you're weakest that God's the strongest because it's no longer you realizing you're doing it. He's the one that's always doing it in you, with you, and through you. So again, got to look at these words and let the Lord pierce our hearts with them. Man, pray that you have the strength, not your strength, the strength that only comes from he who can be the victor, which is Christ. I think a lot of times we miss the opportunities and we and we waste that time. I know as, as I've grown in my faith, like, I, I I want the big battle, you know. Like I want to be back there and yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll go. To, I'll go to the lion's den defending my faith. <laughs> Send me in there, you know. I'll, <laughs> you can persecute me. I'll stand up and I'll fight for my faith and I'll argue. And I want to rebuke demons. It's like, well, go home and rebuke the sink full of dirty dishes and do something nice for your family and spend some time with your kids. You know, what about the daily grind? You know, we want we want the big battle when God puts little things in front of us all the time. So right, I want to, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go evangelize another country, but I'm going to, I'm going to make fun of the person who's in front of me taking too long in, in, in the grocery store rather than praying for him. So the little battles, the little chances to live our faith are out there in front of us, you know. But sometimes I want the big battle, and I, these other things, you know, that, that, that they don't count, they don't matter. When really, like anything else in life, it's those little things that do matter. That's the grind. Yeah. And it's those habits and those practices of being mindful of those divine appointments, David, as you always say, and those opportunities to pray is what makes you and, and prepares you then to actually be able to accomplish something larger when it's put in front of you. But too many times, like, we want to go right to the end. Give me the big battle right now. And I don't, I don't, I don't want the grind. I want the result. You know, I want, I want the, end, the end product, not the daily grind. Yeah. And, and Tom, with your military background, it, it would... Would a soldier ever be dropped right into battle without basic training? Without right. so, if, you know, yeah. the ultimate battle Steps. is the spiritual battle. Sure. And if we're wondering, well, God, why why aren't you allowing me to to enter into any of these big battles? He's probably waiting for us to accept the basic training that you know the the, the everyday little things that are right there in front of us that we're we're. Ignoring, we're not recognizing, or whatever that we're not entering into this basic training for him to to drop us. Show me you can digest the baby food before you get a French food. Yeah, right, there you know? go. Well, <laughs> and you're you're in good company too, because just while you were saying that, I was going through in my mind and thinking of saints who wanted to be missionaries and wanted to be martyrs and never got that grace from God. I'm thinking Saint Therese. You know, she always wanted to be a missionary. She ends up being the patron saint of missionaries. St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross, St. Anthony went across, to, um, went across to northern Africa and shipwrecked and never made it. To the, he was going to go you know, preach to the Moors, never made it, had to go back because he got sick. St. Francis of Assisi, he went, he went to the Holy Land because he wanted to be a martyr. You know, and they, they never got those graces you know, from God. So you're in good company. <laughs> but I do think, too, what they did particularly in the case of St. Therese, is she said, well, if I can't be a great martyr, I can at least be a great prayer for martyrs, mm -hmm. you know, or pray somebody who prays for missionaries. Yep. If I can't do it, I can at least... And again, that goes back to the point we brought up earlier, which is she must have had a deep faith in, the, you know, in her relationship with God and the effectiveness of her prayer. 
because she couldn't do what she wanted to do, but she did what she didn't want to do, but she did it really well. And that's that's the thing. And that, I think, connects to your point, David, about the dentist chair. It probably wasn't just the people. It was also the pain that you were probably offering. <laughs> Prayer and you sacrifice. Know, and yeah. The, right, right. Yeah, we go to the last line of this, and I don't want anyone to ever forget this. Someday, we're going to stand before the Lord. It says, stand before the Son of Man. And I'm thinking about this morning... I man had made an appointment with me, and the last thing I want to do was go breakfast with somebody because in my mind I thought he was going to ask me for a donation, and I really <laughs> just am not open. You know, I, it's like you know I have so much things going on. I don't want to go to this this morning. But the good news is, I didn't let my self-centered personality cancel the meeting. I went to it with an open heart, and it ends up I had a two-hour meeting of a man who was searching for faith, and it was off the charts. The Lord, he asked me to say the prayer. The Lord opened my heart, and what happened? He said it was the best part of his day. He said he said it was the most incredible time he had, and his questions were just preciously answered by the Lord as I spoke words to him. It was precious. So it was a divine appointment that, thank you, Lord, that I made. But then it made me think about all the divine appointments that I was too tired for, and canceled because I failed to ask for the strength. I failed to say, Lord, help me do one more meeting. You know, I think of that movie, you know, where the guy pulled all those soldiers off the, the top of the, of, of the Hacksaw Ridge. Mm. You know, just one more, Lord, one more for you. Well, that should be each and every one of our prayers. You know what, Lord, one more meeting with, for you. You know what, my grandson wants to see me tonight. Give me the strength to make the drive, to go visit my, my grandson. I've been going since 5.15 this morning, but give me the strength. And you see, Scripture tells us, you have not because you ask not. And it is so true. My spiritual director is 90 years old. He's going on 91, flies all over the world, gives spiritual direction to, to nuns and bishops and priests. And I said, how do you do this? He said, well, he said, every night I get three hours is what I sleep. I said, how can you go in three hours of sleep? He said, well, because I asked the Lord for every hour I sleep, give me the, the equivalent of three hours of sleep. So when I sleep three hours, David, I get nine hours of sleep. I said, and you believe that? Oh, he said, absolutely. He said, see, David, I have faith. <laughs> and I went, you know, you're right. Because I could pray that same prayer, but I wouldn't have the faith that this man does. But see, the more faith we have, the greater the works the Lord will do through us and it starts out with this little faith to him whom was entrusted little, a little, you know, and, and your faithful servant to, he'll give you more. But you know what? We, we, we miss so many divine appointments, God moments, heavenly kisses. So I'm like, Lord, give me the eyes to see, give me the ears to hear, and then give me a heart to respond yes to your invitations. I prayed for nine hours of sleep. I slept nine hours. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, uh, that's awesome. Well, if you can't do it the way Monsignor does it, at least the next best thing is to get the nine hours, you know, if you can. Uh, Tom, uh, Tom D., I was thinking of your story about, you know, do we believe that God can answer our prayers? Mm -hmm. And yesterday I picked up my son Thomas, uh, throw another, another Tom in here, uh, and he gets freaked out when anybody in the house is sick. 
especially with anything stomach related. So he's 12 and his big brother, 15, was thrown up that morning. And he's like, you know, he's like in the bathroom with his head out the window. Dad, I'm not, go- I'm not going down there. You know, he, he ate breakfast on the porch. So after school, yeah, he's crazy. After school, he goes home with a friend and he just comes home like in enough time to get dressed for practice and then leave. So on the way, I picked him up from his friend's house. And he's like, Dad, how's Robbie? I was like, did he throw up again? I was like, no, he didn't throw up at all. And actually, I just made him eggs and toast, and he's eating. And he's like, he had such a relief. He goes, oh, God answered my prayers. I was praying for him all day that he, that he, that he wouldn't be throwing up and getting better. So, yeah. you know, out of a little you know, 12-year-old kid, uh, it was nice that he went to uh, you know, turn that worry into a prayer. Beautiful. The Lord gave me another word out of this reading. Be vigilant at all times. How many of us take for granted when we go to bed each night that we're going to wake up and we have tomorrow? I'm guilty. You know, tonight may be the night that the Lord comes for us, that he calls us home. You know, and I think for me, that's a, that, that's a, a real challenge to say, I need to live that life every day that it could be my last, be vigilant in doing everything to bring honor, glory, and praise to the Lord, keep my heart awake that it doesn't become drowsy and doesn't carouse and drunken with things of the world. Don't have anxieties of daily life, these fears, you know, because, you know, people die, it says, of fright. Well, that's because they have fear, fear this might happen, that might happen. So receive the gift of the present moment, which is given to us by God, open the gift and live it in love. That's it. Don't live a life of expectation that I always have tomorrow. So for me, I want to make sure I make that, that, that conscious effort to ask for forgiveness of my sins each evening, each night, you know, and then entrust my soul to the Lord. Now I lay me down to sleep, you know, and, and, and if I get the gift the next day, wake up with a heart of gratitude and praise and thank the Lord and then invite him to use me this day. Don't go in the future. Don't go in the past. You're on. Amen. And, and David, I'm, uh, I'm thinking of the prayer in the back of our prayer book, the past is in God's mercy to go there, only causes despair. The future is in God's providence to go there, causes you to play God. The present is God's gift to be lived in love. And in light of what you just said about dying of fright, it said the people will die of fright in anticipation right. of what is coming. So the future is in God's providence to go there. It just causes us to play God. It, just, it, it robs the gift of the present moment. It's a trap of the enemy yeah. meant to rob the gift of the present moment. And, and, and the past is another trap of the enemy. God doesn't live in the future. He doesn't live in the past. He lives in the present moment. That's why they call it a present. It's a gift from God. Now open it, live in love, and be the world changers God's created us to be. When we live that life of surrender and we call on God to be our strength, then we stand. It says stand erect. We raise our head to the Lord, and we let the Lord do the battles. You know, every time I'm pierced in my heart, give it to the Lord. May God bless each and every one of you. Let's be the world changers. And the change we want to see in the world, it starts with us. Let's call on the Lord, hold our head high, and go be who God created us to be. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or 
how to start a gospel reflection group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.